Howdy. I am not Fink. You're probably wondering what's going on. What Before is going we on? get into the details, welcome to episode 101 of Wada Hockey, where we talk all things Texas hockey and the stories and culture surrounding it. We are once again happy to bring another huge guest on the podcast from the Dallas Stars organization. But before we do that, make sure to head over to all our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok uh, Snapchat, if you want to add me and F- Jason, because we're the only ones that have it. Yeah, we're uh, not quite full grown adults yet, apparently. Before we get to our big guest, uh, let's catch up with just Jason and myself. Jason, how was your weekend, buddy? Dude, the weekend was awesome. Uh, went ice skating again. Took little young Maxwell ice skating again. Getting better? Uh, Having more fun? No, not at all. <laughs> no. He had more fun, yes. Uh, getting better? No, not at all. Um, but, you know, we're, we're practicing. Uh, having, my having fun still... The- my shoulder still hurts, but yeah, but having having fun is the name of the game. That's, that's the most important we part. Plus, we were there. We didn't go to like the Star Center or anything like that. We went to the Galleria. Uh, oh, my niece was having yeah. her 15th birthday, so that was honestly nice. the driving factor there. <laughs> uh, that was the main goal was to celebrate her uh, later at the Olive Garden, but <laughs> that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> but other than that, man, we took it easy. Uh, enjoyed the extra long holiday. And yeah. Did you have Monday what about off? you? I did. Nice. Had Monday Is off. that a federal holiday now? I believe so. I know we got it off. I did have to work Sunday a little bit. Yeah. That's, uh, had that. somebody call in and then uh and then I also had to go up there anyways. We were having some electrical work done yesterday, which was Monday. But um they were having to shut off the entire power to the building, so I had to uh make sure that we wouldn't lose anything when they try to turn it back on. Yep. Gotta keep the ship running. You, keep the you ship gotta afloat. Do it. You gotta do it. What about you, Patty? How was it? I had a great weekend. Uh, outside of feeling under the weather currently, um, I was taking care of Steve all last week, and unless the uh, the trend changes in the opposite direction, she may have the pleasure of doing the same for me this week. Oof! But dude, that's it's it's allergies. everybody is getting everybody's getting it, dude. It's so bad. Yeah, it's I've, I've had a bunch of staff call out like this past week with it. And like they're all like between like oh is it COVID or is it allergies? I'm like dude, I don't f- know at this point. Yeah, dang it. Oh, oh man, I can cut that. All right, <laughs> sorry, I, I meant to bring it up, man. Whatever. Like after the interview, like oh man, we did it. Cut yep. us, man. We can do it fully. We'll a second episode, two in, in a row. row. <laughs> so, oh sorry. man, I we can cut it, man. Yeah, let's... I can fix that. Um. But other than than feeling under the weather today, uh, I played golf twice this weekend, which was a solid use of a holiday weekend. Um, didn't shoot very well on Saturday. Didn't play too bad on Monday. Went ninety five eighty nine. Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask what you shot. So where'd you shoot? Where would you play? Uh, on Saturday, we played at Bear Creek, the East Course, mm-hmm. which is pretty nice. And if you go in the morning, it doesn't take too long. If you go after like 8.45, you're going to be there for five hours, which is Just not playing behind everybody. Oh, yeah, it's so bad. And then uh, Plantation Golf Club in Frisco uh, yesterday, yesterday being Monday. That's another one. If you don't go early, you are going to get held up. But if you can get an early tea time, it's a lot of fun. See, 
I don't ever golf fast enough to hold, like, to get held up. Like, I'm typically the person doing the holding <laughs> up, so. Oh, yeah. No, me and my buddies, uh, if we can get out of there in three and a half, that's, that's preferable. Because, I mean, we don't, we, none of us are really good enough. Like, practice swings do nothing for us. So ah. we're all just get up there and hit it and we'll find it. Because we're like, I'm probably going to waste a good swing on a practice swing, so I might as well just go up there and hit it. I mean, that, that's fair because like I tend to uh, goof around at the driving range like for 30 minutes before my round anyways. Yeah. And so like, and that really, that helps me just like tune in for my day. But like, it's because I haven't played, I haven't swung that club in like six months. <laughs> right. Like if I was playing weekly or bi-weekly, bi-weekly even, you know, like definitely. Yeah. I mean, it would pick up the pace, but yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, burned one of my dry January days on Saturday. Okay. Instead of uh, instead of the turn. <laughs> not quite. I'm <laughs> I'm a I'm a three beer maximum kind of guy on the course. That's fair. A- any more than that, I I start to play just really bad. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a solid use of a holiday weekend. Um, dry January. We're not doing don't drink we're doing until the end of february you get 10 days to drink so that it's not as terrible um which is a good middle ground it's a start it is a start and then next year you guys can knock it down to five and three and And then i'll just have two whole months of not drinking yeah how about that getting healthy drinking more water hell yeah (laughs) jason i wish i i wish somewhere in our conversation just now i had a uh a fun segue into Conway and Banks. But why don't you just go ahead and tell the French fries about it? They've heard it, but we got to tell them again. As they should. They should know about the greatness of Conway and Banks. That bag is amazing. I love my new colorway, but I'm sorry that you guys can't get it right now. It was a limited edition. We told you guys long ago to go get it, but you guys waited. Now you can't get it. Shout out Amber. I'm so sorry that it happened to you, but it happened. Take advantage of it whenever it comes out. We tell you guys about it. But if you are looking to replace that old moldy hockey bag with the busted zippers on the side, go check out the link in our bio. Go to ConwayandBanks.com. Go get you one. They come in four. No. Yeah. Four different colorways. No, three. Three. Sometimes four. Now navy. Just navy red and black now. Uh, But still four different sizes with the wheels, without the wheels. Uh, You can get the coach's bag, the the two different player sizes, and the goalie bag. They got it. Go get it. Go get it. Go check out ConwayandBanks.com. Go use code WATAHockey10 and get 10% off your gear. And then get your gear to the rink in style. 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 Looking for my... There we go. Yeah. Yeah, bada bing, huh? Great read. Great read. Uh, And thank you to all of our lovely sponsors that uh, help us out on the show. Want to give everybody a reminder, February 17th, this is episode 101, but we will be celebrating episode 100 at Northside Draft House. A month from today. A month from today, exactly. Today being Tuesday. You'll hear this on the 19th, so you have 29 days to uh, figure it out. Whatever you got to do. You got to take off work early in Fink's case. Just get there. We're going to be hanging out. We're going to be drinking. We're going to be, uh, we got some fun giveaways, some raffle prizes. Did, did you see the giveaway? Shout out to the Allen Americans, dude. 
one of our raffles that you could win if you show up mm-hmm. is glass seats to a future Allen Americans game at no cost to you. Glass seats. And those games are fun. It's guys playing as hard as they can. It's high speed, high contact. You might see a fight or two. I don't know if we're supposed to promote that, but the chances that it happens are much higher than zero. Mm-hmm. And food's food's great. So come you can't beat uh, those Nestle uh, chocolate chip cookies in the concourse. They're either I that's a staple for me. I think yeah. I'll, uh, at the Credit Union event center, Credit, Credit Union, Union of Texas. Texas arena or yes. event center one of those two um i want event center previously <laughs> um want to talk stars a little bit before yeah before we dive before we uh up, get Vegas? into our guest man that was just an ass whooping can they, i say I mean, that can i say that and it's not explicit I think, I think so okay i think you can but i mean literally they they laid the smack down they Pulled out the rock sandwich and was just like pulled off the sleeve and then he went from one end and then they went to the other end and then he just laid down and <laughs> played the people's elbow the on people's him. People's elbow. Shout out to Alex Petrangelo for uh, being the star six player on the ice. Two tips yeah. into the goal. Jamie with a nasty wrister from the slot. So, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I'm going to say they were playing, too. It was just the most complete game we've had so far. Otter with the shutout, the much-deserved shutout, especially after the... I don't even know if you can call it a collapse in New York last week. I'm not too sure what yet. I don't know what to call that. A monstrosity. That uh, game was... It's one of those ones where you... Like, you're not even mad. You're just, like, beaten by it. You lead for 59 minutes and 59.1 seconds, and you get one point and lose in overtime. It was nice to see him have a bounce-back, shut-down game, actually get the shutout that he deserved. Yeah. No uh, no Yanni Hockenpah or Luke Glendening tips at the last minute. Um, and we scored on an empty net, I believe. Did we? I, I think we got one, because it was 3 nothing, right? Uh, yes, that sounds right. It ended 4 0. I'll have to go back and look, but pulling it up now. But yes, uh, great win, great team win. Up next, tomorrow, tomorrow being Wednesday, San Jose. Yes, San Jose. They, uh, they were the recipients of a beatdown on New Year's Eve. I was at that game. It was a fantastic time. But with all that being said, um we'll be watching tomorrow cheering them on we'll i'm sure we'll talk about it next week uh we'll give you guys the recap our opinions everything going on stars americans ilvis Wes lancaster with goal a nasty shot 84 miles an hour i saw with uh with the help Jeez. of a google conversion from kilometers per hour to right because i think it hour. came in at like 487 kilometers <laughs> so that translates to yeah 84 yeah exactly something about the exchange rate (laughs) i don't know inflation's really really changed the (laughs) kilometers to miles but uh how many guys nowadays (laughs) is it five to one now (laughs) oh man 
the economy is in the trash. So I don't know what it means. <laughs> Our pets' heads are falling off. It's it's insane. Well, you know who else is going to be uh, watching this game very closely tomorrow? Dude, that's the segue I was looking for for Conway and Banks. That was beautiful. Our next guest, uh, we caught him before team dinner tonight, is the video coach of the Dallas Stars. You know him. You love him. The challenge master, Kelly Forbes. Alrighty, up next, we are happy to be joined by an integral part of the Dallas Stars product on the ice, an unsung hero of sorts in the middle of his 13th season with the Stars organization, hailing from, and I'm sorry if I say this wrong, Nanaimo, BC. Right on, good, good. And a product of the University of Oklahoma, where he was also part of the OU hockey team, the ex-CHLer with the Oklahoma City Blazers and current video coach of the Dallas Stars. Welcome, Kelly Forbes. Thanks for jumping on, man. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. We ran into some technical issues, but uh, got it sorted. <laughs> got our backup. Uh, always yeah. have a plan B. We're all yeah, pros here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, that's part of the business. You gotta gotta over uh, make sure you're uh, got everything everything in line. So we're good. No problem. Yep. Exactly. So got to start out and say boomer sooner to a there fellow Gaylord College product. Yeah, that's true. I was uh, one of the first ones. They, I think, I can't remember what year it, uh, the new building opened up, but I was one of my uh, first years was uh, its first year there. So I have Boomer Sooner. Yeah, I uh, I graduated in 2012 out of Gaylord myself. So okay, uh, first first OU product we've had on the pod. So uh, welcome. There's not there's not many hockey uh, <laughs> OU products out there, uh, no, but uh, there's a few actually. I shouldn't say that, but uh, not 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 in the NHL probably. And I don't think we've had any on here. Um, so starting out with that, let's dive right into to your time with OU Hockey, where you averaged yeah. almost a point per game. Uh, tell us about that. You know what? It was it was a great experience. It's really I I, um, I thank them for basically my career because I had kind of gotten away from hockey and um, uh, that you know it got me back in and made me fall in love with the sport again in a way. I could go back and tell you about my how I got down here but um with the club hockey it 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 got me back in loving the game wanting to be involved in the game so I wouldn't be here um with the Dallas Stars or at any point if it wasn't for OU hockey in the club uh ACHA program um it was a integral part of my my career and and um and uh just like I said I I dove back into the sport and realized how much I loved and missed it and and I haven't uh stepped away since you you say you dove back back into it what took you away was it like what other sport was it yeah something else? This, this is why i came from nanaimo i was uh i i mean i was like every kid in canada i grew up uh instead of a teddy bear i had a hockey stick i slept with at night and i you know hockey was everything for me growing up and um i blew my sh- both shoulders out my first year bantam then second year bantam and i kind of got a basically the, the injuries took away from my two years there we were i was playing triple a hockey and and uh, you know it was everything to me and i got to a point where they you know my shoulders weren't able to allow me to play anymore so mm-hmm. i'd already turned into a pretty good golfer so i actually uh decided my whole goal in life was to be get a get a scholarship a hockey scholarship at the time to the United States and come play college. It's something about college and, and the experience I just wanted to do. And I remember my, my dad told me, he said, you know, it doesn't have to be hockey. Why not uh, concentrate in another sport? And I kind of dove into, I keep saying dope, but I, I went into uh, golf a little harder and, and and got a scholarship to a division two school in Oklahoma there. And that's where I started. I played there for a couple of years. And, and at that point I realized like, I love golf still. And, but I'm, 
I, I realized I liked it more with my buddies or, you know, going out on the weekends or, and, you know, instead of the grind, which we all know it takes to play at a high level and, and mm-hmm. no matter what sport you're talking about. Um, and I realized how much I missed hockey. And that's when um, it ended up there was, they started the ACHA program there at OU and, and uh, uh, Larry Donovan uh, invited me up. He was the, uh, one of the coaches kind of ran the Blazers ice center there and um, tried out, you know, basically I, they had told me I was going to make the team and I came up there and played for three years and, and kind of just re, restarted my love for the game. So I, you know, transferred and played three years there and graduated from OU and it was kind of, I was looking to come to OU. I, there was something about those big schools and, you know, you know, when I was, it was a good transition at, at East Central University, which was the division two school I started at. And, and I, but I wanted to get to OU and, and this was a great Avenue. And then I just uh, took off from there. Norman has a, a certain draw to it. I can't quite put my finger on it, but yeah, I was going to ask like what brought it, but like, I feel like you can't really, like what brought the attention to yeah. him? Like what, what made you from BC to OU, you know? Yeah. It, well, it, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I got a couple scholarship offers um, uh, for golf and it was just a randomly the best one I got or the best situation was in, in Ada, Oklahoma. And that's, gotcha. you know, that's mm-hmm. when I started to, so it wasn't like I was, Oh, Oklahoma or Norman, or, you know, I didn't know anything about OU or anything before I went down there. I just wanted to, to, to you know, Nanaimo is a, it's a great city around there's a it's one of the most beautiful places in the world i go home every summer and i go man what why did i leave here but when i was 18 years old <laughs> or 17 you know i you, you're like anybody you want to get out and try new things and and get off the island it's a you know it's a little bit laid back but uh, as i get older i can see myself retiring there or moving there in a little bit but um uh, i just wanted to go somewhere and try new things and do something different i didn't and then it just ended up bringing me to, to norman with the with the the, the hockey program there so speaking of the Acha, there's been monster growth in the South, particularly. Yeah. Um, you see any team in Texas or Oklahoma making the jump to D1 anytime soon? You know, I don't know the inner workings of it. I know like when we first started, we wanted to. Um, it's really hard, obviously, with um, the behind the scenes with the, the, the schools. and that. I mean, when I first started, we played Arizona State. Um, mm-hmm. I played Arizona State. I played Penn. I don't know if we played Penn State, but Penn State was in the Nationals when we were there at ACHA. So uh, you know there is the blueprint there. Um, it's just hard with with all the inner workings of the the. the it gets uh, a little finicky with the NCAA too, with the Title Nine and everything. I was going to say, and I didn't want to get too much into the, the Title Nine stuff, but you're 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 exactly right. It's you've got to have the same amount. So now you have to add if you're adding a hockey team, you you have to add a. Um, a women's program or, or take away a men's program. Um, you know, if you can't add a women's program. so there's a lot going on there and you got to have a lot of funding and Arizona state had it and Penn state had it. And, and, um, I just don't, uh, you know, I think there's a lot, you gotta have a, you know, rink on campus, you know, we were at Blazers Ice Center, which is a little North of it and didn't have as many fans and as big of setup. So, um, I just think it's a lot. I, I would love that. That would be unbelievable if they could have some uh, school either. You know, I know Central Oklahoma has a good team. OU, um, I'm sure some of the Texas teams good. North I Texas, go. Just uh, North Texas. Green. There you go. Damn, right. There you go. Yeah, I, don't think I, we were, uh, I don't think we were super competitive. Uh, I don't have no. to keep it up with it. Late, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like I said I haven't. I keep up with OU a little bit, and um, but I haven't really dove into uh, you know if there is a possibility of somebody making that jump. So let's uh, let's shift into your your current career. Um, you mentioned that playing at OU and at East Central brought you back into hockey. Um, did that pique your interest in the flow of the game 
from a coaching standpoint or did you always kind of see it develop while you were playing and then that seemed natural? Yeah, I, I, you know, playing, I always joked about it. You know, I always knew what to do and I always saw the good flows where I just couldn't get there. My feet, I didn't, I didn't have the best feet <laughs> back then. So I was a big body and I, I, I you know, I, uh, I love playing, but I, I couldn't get there like some of these guys nowadays. So I'd always looked at the game. You know, I loved one of my favorite things growing up was sitting with my dad watching Hockey Night in Canada. I, I watched the game differently with him. He was a coach and helped me out. And so I, um, I just saw the game a little bit probably a little bit different from a macro level from above kind of the broadcast side. And that got, that's what got me into the broadcast. Um, and that's why I originally came down to Dallas after I graduated, I started out in the broadcasting department. Um, so I was um, in the TV truck, breaking down film, um, basically, mm-hmm. you know, telling a story on the broadcast um, with uh, it was EBS. I was working under some really, really good people, really smart people. And they kind of, I kind of started looking at the game a little bit differently from that point um, on how to tell a story from, you know, uh, the flow of the game. So, uh, you know, I watched, I started watching the game differently at that point. And then it kind of just translated to um, this position. And, and, you know, I, to be honest, when I was going, when I was at OU, I didn't know a video coach existed. You know, nowadays we can get into it later, but there's kids that go to, school for four or five years or whatever, four years and are the director of hockey operations at one of their schools. And they're the video coach for those four years where I played and then got into it after. Mm-hmm. So, but there's people that may, you know, that's their, they go into college knowing that this is going to be their career. And, you know, for right. me, it wasn't that way. I just kind of, you know, I got lucky that uh, the, the position opened and I interviewed and I, you know, I saw a crack in the door and I thought it fit and my skill set with with the TV broadcast and the hockey background and and just seeing the game at a different level off um, uh, from video and and it kind of just worked out and then I just kind of like I said pushed my way through that door and and somehow I've been able to keep it open. You perfectly answered uh, the question that we had <laughs> coming up next. Um, okay, let's. Uh, I guess we can transition into to stars full time now. Has anyone stuck? out as being ultra receptive to what you do as the video coach, um, breaking down opposing teams, really diving into the film, or is it once you're at the NHL level, you have to adapt? Yeah, you have to adapt. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say one person. It's just such an integral part. It's the, the positions change. That's why I, I, you know, it sounds crazy. 13 years is a long time and, and it's been a long, but it's changed so much over those years. I feel like I'm, it's a new almost every couple of years and even every year, every coaching staff, every, every um, year, I, my roles changed, adapted and, and I've got different, um, uh, different responsibilities on how to handle things. Uh, so it's kind of changed and it kind of kept me on my toes, which is a good thing. So, you know, adding mm-hmm. obviously the coach's challenges has made the role even more important. I think to be honest, that it was such a behind the scenes role for so long until the coach's challenge came up and then all of a sudden it was more forefront. And so with that has been the biggest thing of changing, you know, the value. I think we've always been valued as from coaches and players because we've always been important to their day-to-day workflow um, and how they watch the game and get, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I think from the outside, the coaches' challenges have, have, has changed the role. Kind of talking, I mean, you, you kind of talked about the differences between coaches and coaches. And given that, Pete kind of brought in his whole little crew. Was there ever a time that you kind of felt like your position wasn't secure with the team or was it something you were pretty confident that yeah. you were going to keep that transition? You all, you, you never know. Um, you know, like the, 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 
that's how the world works. Part of being a coach is you never know if he has his own guys or or gonna you know how he handles things and does different. So uh, it never bothers me. I've, I've been pretty comfortable in my or not comfortable. I've been pretty confident in my you know my abilities and what I do. And so um, when he came in, we we had a brief conversation and and it was go from there. So it was never, uh, there was probably a thought in the back of mind, but I've also felt pretty good about myself with what I've been, you know, as organization values me. So I, uh, I was going to be fine no matter what, but um, it's always in your mind. You know, I, I've gone through a lot of coaches and you know, you never know if they're going to bring in their own guys and that's just part of the business. Hold so, on, hold on, really quick, Patrick, I got, I got a quick follow-up on this just to kind of keep on this t- uh, sub- subject of coaches. Uh, I mean, we can exclude uh coach pete right now but is there a previous coach that you enjoyed better than any other because i don't want to i don't want you to you know yeah i don't want to you <laughs> throw anybody company, under the you know? <laughs> yeah exactly plead the fifth here with yeah. them, but you know what i have said you know it's funny i was talking to razor a couple of days ago and I, I i will say this i i've taken something from every one of the coaches you know um they've all brought you know they're all head coaches in the nhl for a reason and so mm-hmm. i've kind of what i've done is i've always i've adapted to them and i've always tried to um, you know, learn and, and, and work under them and work with them and, and adapt. And, and I've taken something from every one of them. So, uh, you know, some certain guys have brought something different and, and different ideas and different thoughts and how they handle situations. And I, I'm just trying to, you know, I remember Mark Cropper was my first coach and, and he said, we were in our first meetings and he said, just, just be a fly on the wall and just absorb as much information. I've kind of done that. You know, I'm a lot more outspoken and, 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 and talk a lot more now, but I basically kind of, uh, you know, these are the best hockey people in the world that I've been around. And I've, I've, I've just kind of almost sat back while working, while doing my job. I've also absorbed what they bring and why they've been successful, what they do. So I wouldn't say one person or one coach has stood out. I think I've um, uh, gotten something from every one of them. Love it. So I wanted to ask about the transition from when they implemented challenges as a part of the game because like you said you made the switch from being kind of just in the day-to-day backgrounds doing video coaching to now fans across the board are huge fans of you for your successful challenges over the years what was that preparation like from one season i'm doing background work and the next now they're saying my name on the broadcast and (laughs) waiting for me to make a call i uh you know what i did I went the first year, um, baseball was already doing challenges mm-hmm. and they were using the same system. It's called Hawkeye. It's a software system that the whole league um, uses. And so I went in and sat in with the, the, the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of one of my big things to see how the, the flow and how it works. A different, obviously, different sport and different challenges and all that stuff. But it was more, you, you kind of want to see how to react to the software, how you're doing um, things, what's the best way to get to, cause you only have 20, 30 seconds, whatever it is, what's the best way to be as efficient as possible in those 20, 30 seconds. Um, so I kind of just sat down and, and, and watched them what they did and, and it was really helpful. And then I just, you know, I've done it ever since I, I try to watch every, I do, I watch every challenge and why, and, you know, it kind of, you get, you get a, you get a pretty good idea of what the, the league's doing on standards and different rules. Like I'll tell you, People used to come up to me all the time and be like, well, it's offside. That's, that's easy. I'm like, no, no, it's not black <laughs> and white. Like people think it's yeah. there's, there's, there's different situations. There's different possession rules. There's, and there's things I don't think the league at the time realized kind of the can they, uh, they were opening on certain things when it came to offside. Like it was uh, a lot of things every, every year there's, there's a new 
play or new situation that, you know, we have to walk through. So I try to watch as many of those possible. So I have that in my back of my mind that, you know, when we get into those situations, I am as prepared as possible. How do you go about convincing the coach to throw the challenge flag to use a football term? Obviously you just tell the ref, but what does that look like from your perspective? Yeah. And it's, it's different with every coach. Like, um, you know, I, I like this year, Pete, um, uh, you know, they've all trusted me, but um, they, they are obviously the head coach and they make the final decision. And sometimes I just give them what I do is I take whatever I have in front of me and I give that information to the bench. So I just relay it to the bench that if it's offside or it's not. So I mm -hmm. we have the Hawkeye monitors that they see at the bottom and we also are able to flash up if it's offside, there's a red you know, a flag that comes up that says offside and they know right away or there's situations <laughs> that um, like last week that are, are a little bit different and, and mm -hmm. uh, the coach has to make the final decision. So I, I you know, I just, I, I talk with, with the coaching staff. We sit down all the time with Jeff Reese, the goalie coach and Steve spot and, and Pete, we go over, a, you know, there's lots of situations that we'll be watching a game before our game and there'll be a challenge and we all, you know, put our opinions out thoughts and, and why this will be. And we kind of watch it together. And so, I obviously give Pete my, my thoughts. Um, I like the ones that are a lot easier that, uh, you know, it's <laughs> boom, it's offside. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. That's an one. Um, but um, you just have to work, you know, work as hard as you can and get their trust. And, you know, um, each coach has, has trusted me over the years and, and we're building that still with Pete, but um, it's uh, it's a process though, but it's a good process. Like we're, we're still, you know, there's, like I said, it's, it is, there's a lot of, different situations that are just not always black and white. So, yeah, I was going to ask in particular about goaltender interference because there seems to be so much uh, murkiness about what it is. And when, I mean, I've been wrong more oh, yeah. often than not. How do you, how do you decide if it is goaltender interference? I, I kind of go through a process that I've, I've kind of used over the years. And, and you know, the first thing you look at is I, I flip it right over to, we have, you know, people think we have every angle. We don't have every angle. Um, so there's okay. lots of situations where I don't have an angle and I have to wait for TV to show a replay or that thing. Mm -hmm. um, so there is situations where I don't have very one angles I do have is, is the overhead cameras which are straight over top of the goalie. And I, my first look right away is, is it in the blue? That's the standard that, that the, the league has set, um, mm -hmm. especially over the last couple of years. And, you know, I look right away is the contact in the blue. Then you go through the process of, did he go in there on his own? Was he pushed in? Um, you know, how much contact did it have? Was there a loose puck there? Then, then you go through the process of, of, mm -hmm. of the different variables that, that go into it. But right away, if, if in that, you know, it's, it makes my job. And I know it's still murky. It definitely is hard, but, the way the league's been going over the last couple of years, especially is, is it, if there's contact in the, in the white, it's incidental, it's a good goal. That, and, and I know a lot of people get upset about that, but at least for me, it's a little, makes it a little bit easier that I have a, I have a, a starting point when I'm, when I'm making a decision. So. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of fans complaints are is because we just don't, a lot of fans just don't know the hard set guidelines like that, that you just mentioned. Yeah, uh, we kind of have an outside perspective, obviously, just what we see on TV. Yeah, the the big thing is is it incidental contact in the white? Then it's the, they're they're allowing that goal, and you can find you you know we talked about it all the time. It's still goal interference, and you wish that maybe the ref blew it down, but that's just not what the call is. We want more goals in this league, and I get it. And and if you go into the blue on your own and you make contact the goalie and not allow him to play his position, then you're 
you're that's probably goalie interference that's coming back. If it's in the white, it's uh, it's uh, being called a goal. And you know, as video coaches, it's sometimes tough, but you, you kind of understand that situation at least. That that's my that's my first read right away. Interesting. Uh, Fink and I, we had a pretty unique perspective on it. Honestly, we we uh, a couple weeks ago we did the Rink of Dreams out there at American Airlines Center. Okay. And so we actually got to be on the bench and we saw there was a giant monitor on the back of that yeah. bench. And it was really cool. It was just like, oh, so that's, yeah, that's, a, that's how you guys see it quickly. I mean, that's, or, I, I yeah, mean, that's the me. technologies you guys have there. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's me. Basically, that is back to my room, what their coaches are seeing there. And that's me. Um, whatever I'm looking at, they're seeing the same thing. And so I go through the process of, of looking at it so they can see what I'm looking at as well. And then I radio to, uh, the bench, my thoughts, or I flash it up um, offside or goalie interference, and and then um, you know I give them my recommendation, and and uh, and then they take it from there. Yeah, it was stuck on this still image. It just had like Ottinger just kind of like hunched over a little bit, like kind of getting ready. But it was just, it was just really cool to see kind of yeah. That so that's directly in my office then. Yeah, nice, very cool. Yeah, that's something that I don't think any fans would ever consider how that works. Yeah, it's there's there's a lot that goes on. Those twenty thirty seconds are, yeah. well, they're 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 busy. <laughs> yeah, because because uh, like I said, you we don't have every angle, so we have to go through a um, certain angles. I know we have the blue line cameras and the, the two program feeds, but we it's not like we have every angle. Because I'll, I'll get that somebody will tweet at me like, "How did you not see that?" And I go, well, "I didn't see it until two minutes after we challenged or whatever it was," because we didn't have that angle. So it makes it a little hard on us. But you, you know, all you can do is is take the information you that's in front of you and and make your best decision off of that and and you know that's always our our fear as video coaches is is in a bit you know in two minutes tv's going to show up another angle that shows it's a high stick or an offside or whatever and but i didn't have that view at the time and i can't mm-hmm. you know i can't go on hope you know right in, right. in my job now now you know, if the, if the bench thinks it's worth it um, to make a challenge or, or in, in a certain situation, then that's 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 why they're the on the on the bench and why they're making those decisions. So um, but me, I, I try to take just whatever information I have in front of me and, and, and give that and relay it to the bench. Right on. Right on. Um, in your eyes, I mean, this season, what's kind of been the most drastic change in the stars from the last season to this season as far as offensive production goes? Uh, has there been like a certain thing that you can kind of pinpoint that has stuck out most to you yeah i mean there's i think there's a lot of things that have gone into why we've had success this year and and, and pete and and the coaching staff have a, a, a ton to do with it i think our mentality of of playing faster and and handling pucks and and um uh, and making plays it is you know we also have certain systems and rules that help with that situations but i think um I think the, the mentality that the guys um, were playing fast, um, we want to play fast. It's it's demanded of them, and uh, they're they're enjoying to play that way. They, the guys want to play that way, and they're 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 they've you know um, it's good to see success when you ha- you know you, you have it too. So um, power play, special teams have been good. So mm-hmm. you know goaltending goaltending has been excellent. So right. I, I think it's a combination of of everything, and, and you got to give the couldn't the, the new coaching staff a ton of credit on that because they brought Definitely. this mentality of, of playing faster and, and making plays and, 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 you know, let's, let's, let's try to win, um, you know, our way and, and, and use our systems and rules um, to do that. And it's been implemented from the very start of training camp and, and Pete demands, uh, demands the, the guys, the best, the, the guys to do it and, and they've, they've followed. So I, I give, uh, 
the coaching staff and the guys a ton of credit for for embracing this new system and, and role and and then all the other variables have, have added to it. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more fun when you're winning. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I always I always tell us, I think Mark Crawford, he was my first coach, and I talked to him, and he told me one day, he's like, Kelly, there's, there's two things. There's winning, and then there's misery. It doesn't matter how. It's winning, <laughs> winning and misery. There's just two different ways that just – and it's so true. There's something about winning. Huh? It doesn't matter if it's a goalie win or a complete win like yesterday against Vegas. It's Winning's just – it's it, it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. That seemed to be the Nothing most like – yeah, that seemed to me the most complete win uh, of the season yeah. yesterday. I think so. I, I we've had a couple of really good ones, but I, to me that was um, that was uh, guys were guys were on from, they, from yeah. It was on all fire and all, all cylinders there. Yeah. yeah, we were we were really good. Yeah, yeah, There's, that was that, a lot that, of fun. That, that uh, that's a lot of good tape on. Uh, we we did the video this morning and last night in the plane a little bit, and there was a lot of uh, keep that and put that in our tech book <laughs> tech package. <laughs> Definitely. So looking back on your career so far, uh, what has been your proudest moment? Oh, um, you know, individually or team wise, because I would say to me, team wise is the most, the ones to stand out. I, the, and I hate saying this cause it's, you know, pizza head coach, but it was winning game six in the bubble, um, going to the Stanley cup finals. That yep. was, that was, that was, there's nothing like it. The, the sensation of winning a, a playoff series or a playoff game um, to move on, especially as there's, that's why I think we all do it. The highs and the lows are, are so drastic. I don't think you can get in too many things in the world these days and in mm-hmm. jobs and stuff, but the highs and lows of, of winning and there's nothing higher than that. Um, the game six, win. Probably, to be honest, I, I, the game seven win against Colorado was, uh, that might be the happiest moment of my life, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I think I uh, I jumped ten feet when that one went in. So uh, I think we all did. That one. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I think all of Dallas collectively did. Yeah, I think Tom. I, it was it's funny. We had Tom Holy was our, um, our sorry, was vice president of communications or whatever his role was, and he was behind me. I think he I jumped and he caught me in, in midair. <laughs> that's how happy we were. So and then I had to go yeah. back. Then I went back and made sure it wasn't offside. So we were all <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, kind of reflecting on the career a little bit, what is uh, what's one moment in, or time in your career that taught you the most? Jeez, oh, you know, I'm trying to think of a one moment. Um, I I don't know if there is one. Like I said, I've just kind of tried to absorb everything from from everybody over the over the years. So I don't think there is a one moment. Nothing standing out right now, but I think it's just sitting in with the you know, sitting in from the first day of, of, of training camp with our first, my first year. And, and I know I just learning more about the bit, the, the inner workings and the structure of the game and the flow of the game and, and um, how much goes in. I don't think people realize how much goes into this. A lot, a lot, a lot of people turn on the TV at seven or seven thirty and puck drop and they watch the game for two, three hours. And I don't think they realize how much goes into it from pregame prep to postgame prep to um, the whole day, uh, you know, meetings and, and systems and setup and pre-scouting. And, and I, I just think I've just tried to absorb all of it. So I, I can't pick one moment. Um, sorry to not be able to answer your question, but I think it's just, it's all of it. It's just um, sitting in with um, really smart hockey people and um, learning over the years. 
think we got one more serious one before uh, a couple okay. of just fun rapid fires. Uh, okay. Looking back, what advice would you give to to yourself coming out of college if you knew then what you knew now, or what would you like to know? Yeah, um, you know, I my dad was always great about you know giving me advice you know through those years, and so I I'm trying to think of what what I would do back then. I think, I think you're just always trying to improve. It took me a few years um, to understand that I was belonged in the NHL. I, I knew I belonged, but I, you know, I was just kind of making sure I was working and staying, keeping the role and doing everything. And I don't mm-hmm. think I really, you know, I didn't for a couple of years, maybe realize that I had a lot of good value and, and good saw, you know, I saw the game a really high level, you know, cause a lot of guys, I'm, I'm was my first coaching staff was Charlie Huddy and Andy Mogan. Mark Crawford and and I'm sitting there going, Andy I watched Mogue. these guys grow. Yeah, Andy Bogue was like this one of these. Love that guy. <laughs> I know. So and I'm sitting in a room with these guys and I'm like, you know, just you know, I I didn't I played in the the Central League and I played at OU and I just I just remember and so I just I, th- I think my advice would be to trust yourself, you know, trust that you know what you're doing, you're 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 good at your job and and you know I've always felt like I was good at my job, but I think. Um, trust in your, your instincts and in, in, in the game. And I've done that over the past, you know, four or five, well, more than that, sorry. I mean, six, seven, eight years. I've, I've done that where I've um, trusted that I'm, I am a, a, a good coach in this league. And I, and I see the game at a certain level that um, maybe when I was first starting out, I, I was uh, just making sure I was making, getting the video to, to, to Charlie Hattie and, and uh, <laughs> those guys. And they, they were great. They were, right. there was nothing they did. I just, you know, you're, you're, you're you're working with some of the some of those guys that you grew up watching so it's just you know and i didn't play at the nhl level but i you know there's a lot of smart hockey people that you don't just have to play at the nhl to uh, be a smart hockey player or a smart hockey coach right on all right couple couple rapid fires uh i have one that's not on our run sheet favorite norman hangout Oh well, it was it was O'Connell's when I was there. It, I think the old one, the old one was the one I used to. We used to go. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. They'd have uh, karaoke. So I would say oh, the old O'Connell's. I don't, it's not there anymore, right? They moved it up to the the north, but um, or not north. Yeah, it would be oh, north, on campus, campus on campus corner. Yeah, yeah, campus corner there. They used to. Did you ever know about the one that was on the south side there? It was of, uh, uh, stadium. I knew it was, but I w- I wasn't. Yeah. There, yeah, that, that, there that would have been my favorite we had karaoke and the guys we would all go there so i, I would say the old o'connell's or uh, yeah i am a huge o'connell's fan though i think that's my okay, that's my favorite bar good um, good <laughs> Alrighty, this one is we asked this of pretty much every guest and we'll we'll do a little twist on it so they're making a movie about kelly forbes in your life and you get a say mm-hmm. in the casting of your own biopic <laughs> This is a two-parter. Who, who plays you? And Jason and I are both big P1s, so we love your wife, Julie. Yeah. Who plays Julie as well? Uh, well, hers is easy because um, I I would have to – man, I, don't, I would have to think about me. Uh, hers is Reese Witherspoon. She's a That's, big fan of Reese Witherspoon. Okay. That's exactly so, what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so hers would be easy. So that, that, that's, that was my thought. She loves – she loves Reese, you know, funny, but, um, uh, outgoing, you know, she's, she's kind of, a, she would be a perfect pick for, for Julie, mm-hmm. me, jeez. Um, I don't want to go just on looks. I'm trying to think of, of, I, know, I wish you guys would tell me I'm trying, I hadn't even thought about that question. That's a good question. Um, well, 
it doesn't have to be on looks or yeah. even really. I mean, we've had guys, we had one guy say that uh, Zach Galifianakis would play him. Um, <laughs> one guy went super cocky and said he thinks he looks like Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper so yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a big hit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, um, who would be my actor? Um, well, I'm getting grayer nowadays, so um, maybe I'll just <laughs> go with, uh, I'll go with like a distinguished look. I'm going to go with, um, I'm not saying I look like him, but we'll go. With, it was funny because we were in a we did a, a fan engagement thing a couple weeks ago and Jeff Reese was there and we we talked to a bunch of fans and show them kind mm-hmm. of a pre-scout. We walked through it and, and I, I walked out after the, the thing and somebody said that uh, that that I talked and looked like George Clooney. So I'm going to take that one. George Clooney. I don't know if I had heard that one before. So I was like, oh, is, is it Clooney uh, though in Ocean's 11 or yeah, it's Ocean's uh, 13? You know, <laughs> yeah, let's go with let's go with 11. I don't even know. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, as you can tell by the name, we are heavily inspired by the lovely fast food chain Whataburger. Yeah. Um, what uh, would you say is your go to order whenever you make that? drive to the lovely orange and white w there you know what that's funny i i i just i don't have i shouldn't say this but i I, we just picked up whataburger a couple weeks ago my son has like school where you can go meet him grab a burger or grab food and bring it to him so i Mm -hmm. stopped by a whataburger and i got the patty melt it was good perfect delicious yeah it was excellent you gotta add the next time add the jalapeno add the grilled jalapenos to it okay as an extra kick Okay, I'll do that next time. <laughs> Jason, anything else? Man, no. Uh, this don't want to keep fun. you too late. Yeah, yeah, got, we don't. Uh, yeah, team dinner, yeah, dinner here. here. So, yeah, it's it's seven o'clock almost in uh, Pacific time. We gotta get. I gotta get used to all these <laughs> all these time chains. So I, I'll be in bed by nine o'clock, eleven o'clock your guys' time. But uh, yeah, yeah. get some food in me before we uh, get ready for San Jose tomorrow. Good Best stuff. of luck well, to good you luck. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to keep you any longer, and we really appreciate the time no uh, out of your busy schedule on the road. And go stars! No worries, guys. Yeah, go yeah, stars. I, I guess. Guys. Well, I was going to say the last thing was uh, sign us off, and then I guess go stars. Would oh be yeah. It. You want if, me to sign you guys off? You, yeah, if you just want to say yeah, like if you have to sign off and. Okay. What would it be? Well, thanks. What would it be? Um, yeah. Yeah, it'd, it'd just be go stars. Let's keep it going. Um, a uh, big couple games coming up, and then uh, let's let's make a push as we go for the rest of the year. So, uh, see if we can uh, push as far as we can in the playoffs this year and keep it going. So, appreciate you guys having me, and and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Later. Perfect. Thanks, yes. Kelly. Thanks right. again. See you guys. Bye. Thank you again to Kelly for jumping on and and giving us that inside look at his day to day as the coach. Uh, the I mean, video coach. He, he um, was the best, dude. That was a fantastic interview. Very informative. And I think uh, I think we as fans don't have a full appreciation for how much work goes into everything being a coach. I think we can put together like a change.org petition to create <laughs> a video coach appreciation day. I think we should. And I, I'm glad that I mean, with... we we did talk a lot about like the ins and outs of that position a lot yeah. and how underutilized and un, I, I guess not underutilized, but under recognized for the amount of utility they were providing. Yeah, it was it, it's a lot of the ins and outs that is it's really cool to to get that look at it from the man himself. 
Um, and we can't thank him enough for taking time out of his busy schedule on a road trip right before team dinner to just chat with Hang us out a with little us. bit. Yeah, it was awesome. Talk Coach about Fink- uh, Campus Corner or College Corner, whatever the hell it was called. Yeah, I had no idea he was an OU alumnus from from my college, no less. Yeah. I am a, a Gaylord College graduate myself. There you with, go. Uh, a is that the, uh, I was going to say, is that uh, broadcast? Yeah, the Gaylord family uh, owned the Oklahoman and donated. Like the Gaylord family? Like Gaylord? Uh, the same uh, ones, I believe. Yeah, all right. Yeah, they donated $22 million for a new building on the south side or on the south oval uh, in Norman on campus, which I'm biased, but I think it's the nicest building on campus, period. Check it out. I I think it's if you're ever in the Norman area, you can just kind of mosey on in there. It's super cool. I wish the rec program at UNT had a really good uh, (laughs) dope building, but they don't. They had a really cool like business building and it's like super like new and like modern and like yeah really cool architecture in there right all all like these cool features and like the peb is just like it looks like a rec center that was built in the (laughs) 50s so i mean in in a way it's kind of what it was i think it was the original rec center of unt and then then they built the big rec center across the street from it now the pole rec center but yeah go mean green right go boomer sooner man that was awesome he was great do you believe in the mean green Do you believe? Oh. <laughs> and, and, and Kelly, whenever you go back and listen to this, please reach out to Julie. I, I know you talk to her pretty frequently. And if, if they need any help at the Freak, man, we can <laughs> we can definitely fill in, do a couple hours of hockey talk uh, on like a weekend or something like that. So hit us up. We're open. Our know. DMs are open. DMs are open. And thank you again. With that said, Jason, anything else? I think there's only one thing left one to thing do left to do. I will, uh, for myself, I will say stay sassy always. And, uh, stay moist. How do we end this without, I'm going to do my best here. The do first it. one's easy. Make good choices. Yeah. It's a, a good life lesson. I'm going to try and do this right. You got it. Don't under any circumstances, even if you don't get the recognition you deserve when you save the game as the video coach challenge master, forget your Kermit tattoos. How was that? It doesn't, get it, it doesn't get any better than that. That was perfect. I hope I make feet proud with that one.